Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Monday, October 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, we'll be looking at new allegations of illegal hiring practices in Apple's supply chain. Then, we'll see what message voters are sending to Angela Merkel's coalition government and whether it still stands a chance. Then, which company just made the tech industry's biggest deal so far this year? Plus, what to look for when the annual UK budget is presented today. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Apple is officially opening an investigation into its supply chain after a workers' rights group alleged that one of its suppliers was illegally employing students in China to make Apple Watches. The FT reports that a Hong Kong-based human rights group called SACOM alleged that a Taiwanese Apple supplier called Quanta Computer was illegally employing students to assemble Apple Watches in Shangxing. SACOM said it interviewed 28 high school students at the factory this summer. The students said their teachers sent them there for internships, but they performed the same jobs as other assembly line workers. And they often had to work overtime and night shifts, both of which are illegal for student interns under Chinese law. These allegations come nearly a year after similar labor violations were uncovered at a Zhenzhou Foxconn factory where iPhones were made. And in Germany, Angela Merkel's coalition government has suffered another setback. Voters in the German state of Hesse went to the polls yesterday. The ruling Christian Democrats got only about 28% of the vote, down from 38% five years ago. Ms. Merkel's coalition partners, the Social Democrat Party, also saw its share of the vote in Hesse fall by one-third compared with the last election in 2013. And senior members of the Social Democrats say the only way forward for the party will be to distance itself from Merkel's grand coalition. That's the left of center Greens celebrating their share of the vote, which nearly doubled to about 20%. And the far-right alternative for Germany got 13%. Now, they'll be represented in all 16 regional parliaments. Campaigning in Hesse this year was dominated by voter dissatisfaction with the government in Berlin, which has been plagued by internal conflict. And IBM is set to make its biggest acquisition in its 107-year history. The IT company announced it will buy open-source software pioneer Red Hat for $34 billion. It's a deal that will help both companies accelerate the move to cloud computing among big corporate clients. And it'll give IBM a much-needed boost to revenue growth. Red Hat was founded 25 years ago and has been the company most closely associated with Linux and other open-source technologies since then. Now, it sells infrastructure tools and services to businesses which use its open-source software for servers and cloud computing. IBM is paying $190 per share in cash for Red Hat. That's a 63% premium to the company's closing share price on Friday. The deal is expected to close in the second half of 2019. And Jair Bolsonaro is the winner of the presidential election in Brazil. Brazilians had their second round of voting yesterday, and Bolsonaro got over 50% of the vote. Some Brazilians worry about the far-right candidate's anti-democratic and racist remarks but others view his economic proposals as the only way out of Brazil's recession. And here's something you might want to know more about. Mm-hmm. 
Today, Chancellor Philip Hammond will again stand in front of 11 Downing Street with his red budget box to present the annual budget. The FT's George Parker has been following the budget plans. Let me just um, let me see if make sure I'm connected to the Wi-Fi. Hang on a sec. Okay. Where are you right now? I'm in the House of Commons. Oh, I see. Um, okay. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> as you can probably imagine, it's a bit Victorian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This budget comes right after Prime Minister Theresa May promised an end to austerity earlier this month, and many are hoping to see the beginnings of that in Hammond's plans. But the looming shadow of Brexit and whether or not the UK will strike a deal with the EU may change everything. Okay, I am. The yeah, is connected to the Wi-Fi. We can just jump into it then. So, what are some things we can expect to get more funding in the budget later today? Well, this is a, a tough budget for the Chancellor of the Exchequer because he's um, operating under the shadow of Brexit. He doesn't quite know what the public finances are going to look like in the next 12 months with Brexit so uncertain. But nevertheless, he's got some money to spend, and we expect it to be spent on key government priorities. So notably, more money for the National Health Service, more money for mental health as well, more money for improving the country's infrastructure, particularly in roads and motorways. So those are some of the priorities the Chancellor is going to be focusing on. But um, Underlying that message will be, look, austerity is not over yet, but it might be next year, provided we get Brexit right. Yeah, Hammond has said that he is going to wait until the Brexit negotiations pan out before he makes the biggest decisions. So what are those big decisions? He's got four priorities. One is um, keeping taxes low. One is increasing public spending. Another is improving infrastructure, the country's infrastructure. And the fourth one is bringing down the country's debts. Debt's been piling up, of course, in the 10 years since the financial crash. So those are the four demands on the Chancellor's money next year. But what he's been saying on Sunday is, look, things are looking good. The economy is fundamentally strong. But if we don't get a good Brexit deal, I'll be forced to hold a second emergency budget next year when some pretty tough new medicine is going to have to be applied. So it's a warning to the Eurosceptics in the Conservative Party and in the Cabinet. Look, if you don't strike a compromise deal on Brexit, if you hang tough for a hard Brexit, there will be consequences. People's taxes won't come down as the Chancellor hopes and public spending won't go up as he hopes. And if there is a no-deal Brexit, will this budget just mean nothing? Will it be thrown out? Or can we expect anything from this budget to actually pan out? Well, I mean, there's certainly the, the, the commitments that he'll make from the dispatch box in the House of Commons will be honoured. And, and as I said, there is this additional money coming into the exchequer every year from higher than expected tax revenue. So the government is committed to increasing spending on the health service, for example. Those commitments will be honoured. But the fact is, if Brexit goes wrong next year and the economy is hit by an economic shock, then I think there will be other consequences which will be very unpleasant after 10 tough years. You know, taxes may well have to rise, infrastructure investment might be postponed and all the rest of it. So in a way, the Chancellor will be weaponizing the economy here to try and put pressure on those people in the cabinet who are resisting a compromised Brexit deal, sort of an economically friendly Brexit deal, and suggesting that there will be much tougher times ahead than would otherwise be the case if they hold out for a hard Brexit. And what about taxes? Can we expect to see any increases there? Well, when Theresa May announced that she wanted to spend a lot more money on the health service back in June, she said that there would people would have to pay a bit more in tax. Now, there's a problem with that, which is that the Conservative Party is, is very resistant to tax rises, and uh, the, the government has a very small majority at the moment in the House of Commons. So 
I think we may see some very modest tax rises today in the budget, but they'll be aimed primarily at fairly soft targets. So, for example, self-employed people who've been claiming that they are businesses rather than employed. I think that will be the kind of area he'll be going for. Things which aren't too controversial and which the Conservative Party might accept in these difficult times. But broadly, I think the message is going to be, look, we're almost at the end of the tunnel. There's light there and we can look forward to lower taxes in the future rather than higher taxes. You can read more on all of these stories and more at FT.com. Today, we'll be looking at third quarter earnings from HSBC, Mondelez, and Bank of China. All three companies are due to report today. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.